Amen and amen. Say, so if you got your Bibles, uh, would you turn to Luke chapter 10? We're going to be examining uh, 25th chapter. We begin there. So, while you're doing that, I need to let you know just a little bit about myself. Uh, though I speak with the tongues of men, and of angels, and have not charity, that's love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, just making a lot of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, have not charity, that's love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body sacrificially to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. My brothers, sisters, if what we say and what we do is not motivated by the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. We ain't doing nothing but putting on some type of religious show. Trying to get some pats on the back. Look at there what he's doing. Look what she's doing. I tell you, the Bible says in the book of John, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, my followers. If you have love, one for the other. Amen? Amen? So I'm not here, put on no show, nothing like that. I'm here to preach God's word as he leads and guides me this morning. Now then, by now you should be at Luke chapter 10. Is that correct? Well, in Dover, I always say, if, if you have found it, say amen. I didn't hear you. See, the fact is, I'm not going to be reading from a comic book. Amen? I'm not going to be reading from Better Homes and Garden. I'm reading from God's inspired word. And you need to be there with me. You don't need to just take my word for it. Amen? God bless you. So then, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and we're going to be reading down to the 36th verse. I'll be reading from the King James Version. I'm sure there's a somewhat of a different translation there on your monitor. But I'll be reading from the KJV, amen? And it reads, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. 
this do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an end, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will pay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? This is the word of God for the people of God. And all of God's people responded by saying, Amen. So what I want to talk about this morning is who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That's that's the King James version. That's that's the language that King James is using. Who is my neighbor? And I'm going to go ahead on and define that right now. A neighbor is any living member of the whole human race. You, You didn't know that, did you? A neighbor is any living member of the whole human race. And I have discovered that we come across our neighbors daily. We, we see them in the Walmart department store. We see them up and down the road. I see them up here at the intersection as Tyler Town Road and Souter Road intersection where I have a sign ministry there. We see neighbors here and there, and you military men and women see your neighbor in other countries. A neighbor is anybody, any person who is a member of the human race. Amen. And so, Jesus had just sent out 72 of his disciples. He sent them out to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick even. And as they went, Jesus, before rather they went, Jesus gave them instructions on what to do. 
And so they went and did what Jesus commanded them to do. And, and, and while they returned, some of the disciples mentioned that even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And Jesus told them, said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name, my name is written in heaven, in the Lamb's book of life. In the meantime, a certain lawyer was in the crowd, a certain expert in the law, a certain theologian who has completed seminary training. Because you see, that's that's what their responsibility was. It was to interpret the law of Moses. And I believe in the first five books, uh, anybody know them? Genesis, Exodus, help me. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Amen. So, so he was this expert in the law and he approached Jesus with a question. Or rather, he approached Jesus, yes, he did. Tempting him. He put Jesus to the test. Say, master or sir. What shall I do to inherit, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, said, Mr. I'm this is me, uh, Mr. Lawyer, sir. Mr. Expert, sir. That's just me saying that. What is written in the law? How does it read? And the lawyer answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and you shall live. You'll have that eternal life. So, my thing is, as an expert in the law, and again, they believed that in order to be made right with God, they have to keep a certain group of laws and standards follow that Levitical law. So they thought that their self-righteousness would make them right with their God. But we're going to find out that that's not true. And again, I'm going back to my subject. Who is my neighbor? And we said that a neighbor is any 
living member of the whole human race. And so there's two things that we need to understand. How we should treat our neighbor. How we demonstrate who our neighbor is is by how we treat one another. So again, it's not so much about attempting to keep the law that makes one right with God. So we have here a lawyer, an expert in the law, attempting to test Jesus. He tempted Jesus by asking What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him what's written in the law. The lawyer told him. And after he told Jesus, Jesus said, all right. You answered right. But do it. Do what you say. See, so many of us. We have a problem. We talk a good game. We talk a good talk. But oftentimes we're not backing it up. So my thing is, with this lawyer, since we have defined what a neighbor is, then now we need to know how to treat our neighbors. And the reason that the lawyer, I believe, asked that question is because he's Jewish. And the Jewish nation believes that the only one who is truly their neighbor is another Jewish person. But so it is with us today. It appears that if we would take an inventory today in the house and ask the question, who is my neighbor? Then most likely we would probably say somebody who is my color, somebody who is my nationality somebody who lives right beside me uh, whom I have a relationship with but the fact is Jesus is letting this lawyer this expert in the law that it's not just that individual who is the same nationality that you are. It's not just that individual 
who lives right beside you. But rather, your neighbor is any living member of the whole human race. And as I said earlier, this is how we demonstrate who is our neighbor. By the way, we treat them. And so let's look at three types of neighbors and how they treated their neighbor who actually fell among thieves. So then, verse number 30. And Jesus answering said, certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So Jesus tells us a a story about a person being assaulted on the Jerusalem Jericho Road. Now it has been said most Bible students believe that this was a very dangerous stretch of road in the uh, Middle East. And that there was oftentimes many robbers uh, there just waiting for an opportunity to rob someone. And so he tells us how these robbers, and and that's another thing, think about it. Since your neighbor is any living member of the whole human race, you see this robber as a neighbor also. But he's a bad neighbor because he assaulted his neighbor. And so many of us got bad neighbors. Many of us got neighbors that will assault you. Not just physically like this man was. But we got neighbors who will verbally assault you. You do know that, don't you? We got people who will assault us in many different type of ways. We got people today that don't care nothing about or regard human life. So we got people assaulting the sanctity of life. Thank God for 
that organization that Brother Irvin, you mentioned, that helps those young ladies, pregnancy crisis centers and things of that nature. But, but there's an assault on human life. Not only that, there is an assault. There's an assault on our Constitution of the United States of America. That document that governs us, there's an assault on it. There's an assault on traditional marriage today. You see, it seems like in this world today, there is an assault on everything that God stands for. So, a neighbor here is assaulted by another neighbor and left half dead. And so Jesus shows us three type of people, three type of neighbors who came across the assaulted man. 31, and by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, this priest passed by on the other side. Now you would think that the priest, the man of God, who sets things in order in the Jewish temple, when he saw this assaulted man laying on the road half dead, that he would have assisted him. You would think that the man of God would help, would demonstrate some love and compassion on his neighbor. Many Bible students believe that this was a Jewish man laying there injured, laying there assaulted. But yet, many Bible students also believe that because the man could have been dead, and that if the priest had touched the dead body, then he would be considered as unclean, ceremonially unclean. So that could be his excuse. Really, he did not assist or help or demonstrate love and compassion on his neighbor, his Jewish neighbor, we believe, that fell among thieves. And so he's really getting on the lawyer's nerve already. You better believe that. Because the lawyer is an expert in, a Jewish expert in the law. And so, he's already self-righteous anyway. 
The lawyer is. The lawyer thinks that by his righteousness, you know, he, he can be made right with God on his own terms. But let me give you a scripture in Galatians 3 and 11 when it comes to the righteousness, self-righteousness and the righteousness of God. Hear what it says in Galatians 3 and 11. But that a man is justified that, pardon me, but that no man, that's what I want to get in there, is justified or made right with God by keeping the law in the sight of God, it is evident that the just shall live by faith. And we also know that Hebrews 11 and 6 said, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he do exist, and that he is a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. So again, right here now, by now, Jesus is striking a nerve with the expert in the law, the lawyer. When this priest, this man of God refused to show love and compassion to his fellow Jewish neighbor. But he went on and repeated himself. And by chance there came by a certain Levite. We believe that he's a member of the Levitical priesthood. And that he too had a responsibility to set things in order in the temple. He could be like Zacharias. Zacharias was one over there in Luke chapter number uh, one. Zacharias was one who he basically had the incense. That, that aroma, that smell going on within the temple of God. He, he could have been one of those. He could have been one of those who set the music tone. He, he could have been one of those. Don't know for sure, but he was a man of God. And that man of God also, rather than assisting his Jewish neighbor, the Bible said he passed by on the other side. And again, he could have the same uh, excuse. Uh, hey, I don't want to miss worship today. And, and so, and see, think about it. Would you and I today? Somebody out there need assistance on Tyler Town Road. Somebody run out of gas on Tyler Town Road. Lord have mercy. How many of us pass by on the other side? I, I ain't got time. I got to be at work. Matter of fact, on Sunday morning, I got to get at church. I got to be at church on Sunday. I got to be there on time. And fail. Amen. And fail. 
to show love and compassion to their neighbor. And again, a neighbor is anyone, any member, any living member of the whole human race. I've been guilty of neglecting my neighbor. I've been guilty. But the fact is, the Lord is maturing me up, and I hope he's maturing you up too. And after this sermon, I hope you'll be able to know, number one, who your neighbor is so that you can stop picking and choosing who your neighbor is and go ahead on and be a neighbor to somebody. Be neighborly. Stop picking and choosing folk. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Just because they ain't my color. I'm guilty of it. But I'm growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he was not partial. So then we see a missed opportunity to show love and compassion to their neighbor. Now, we see in verse number 33, a Samaritan. It said, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he didn't pass by on the other side. <laughs> he didn't say, I ain't got time the food with this man because he's a Jew for in John chapter number 4 verse 4 through 9 Jesus was headed to the town and he had to go through Samaria to get to it and as he journeyed he came to Jacob's well. And there at Jacob's well was a Samaritan woman. And uh, Jesus was tired from his journey. Sent the disciples on to get some bread because he knew, already know they prejudiced anyway. He, he already know, you know, you know, Jews and Samaritans. So he sent them on. Y'all just get on out the way. Because see, he knew he had to go through Samaria. Why? Because that woman was there. He getting ready to get an opportunity to get close to her, to share the love of him with them. Jesus said, give me a drink. And the woman of Samaria said in verse number nine, I believe it is, somewhere in that neighborhood, then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that you being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Hey, they, they just didn't like one another. Because, number one, the Samaritans were half 
breed. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You see, you see, you see, they just couldn't get along. The Jews thought they was better than the Samaritans. Samaritans didn't fuss about it. They just, you know, went on and accepted it. So let me let me just put say this, say this. I got a white judge who is my ancestor. You can't tell that I'm white, can you? But see, you looking on the outward appearance. You know, I'm reminded that God, He's not concerned about the outward appearance, no way. God told Samuel, God don't see men like you do. God don't look on the outward appearance, but he focuses on the heart. So, so within me, I got white blood running in my bloodstream. I hope you love me just the same, just because my color ain't the same color yours. Amen. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and, and I probably shouldn't say it what I said, but the spirit of the Lord led me to say what I had to say. Amen. And so here we have this Samaritan who is assisting, we believe, a Jew that was assaulted on the Jericho road. So what did he do? In verse number 33, that last verse said, and he had compassion on him. He showed love and compassion. He demonstrated love and compassion on the very one that hates him. And don't you know we need to consider the same thing, not necessarily wrapping somebody all up and, you know, and healing them and, and putting on the staff and stuff like that. Not, not necessarily that. Let me, let me tell you a little story. It ain't, ain't a story. It's the truth. It's true. It's true. Dear brother who is a pastor over there at, um, Hilldale Baptist Church, uh, I would, um, help them during the, uh, basketball season. I coached a couple of teams there. Brother Robinson, oh, I shouldn't have called his name. But anyway, brother told me about how he preaches. Always preaching about, you know, these children in foster care. Always preaching about how we should do this and we should do that to try to assist those who are in foster care. Brother Robinson told me that the Spirit of the Lord convinced him, convicted him that he's not doing what he was preaching. So what did he do? That brother went out and got a whole family of foster care children, brought them in his home, him and his wife and and the daughter, and they began to raise those children. Some of those children now are teenagers. They're black children. 
That's my dear brothers and sisters is part of how we should treat one another, how we should treat our neighbor, show love and compassion. That's just one of the many examples. And so we see him having compassion, showing pity on his neighbor that fell among the thieves. 34 said, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So the question that Jesus Ask the self-righteous, expert lawyer. Which now of these three were neighbor or being neighborly or showed love and compassion upon the person that fell among the thieves which and so the lawyer didn't want to give it out he didn't want to say uh, the Samaritan he didn't want to mention the Samaritan that good deed but hear what the King James Virgin said and he said he that showed mercy on him he didn't call his name he's Samaritan then said Jesus unto him Go and do thou likewise. Again, it ain't enough to say. That's my neighbor over there. Yeah, that's my neighbor. But you don't ever get involved in any kind of way. You see, there was there was neighbors who the the Jewish priests. They didn't want to get involved. So you got neighbors who don't want to get involved with you. You probably, you probably don't want to get along with your neighbor. You don't want to get involved with them. But then you got some neighbors who like that despised Samaritan jump out there and assist and show love and compassion in a minute. So he's telling us, Jesus is, since a neighbor is every living member of the whole human race, we should treat them, every member of the whole human race, living with love and compassion. Don't I don't care if you know the Ten Commandments from thou shall love the Lord your God with all your heart all the way to thou shall not covet. I don't care if you know that. That's cool. I'm glad you know it. But do you live it? Well, think about this too. Since no man is justified by the works of the law, 
It is evidence that the just shall live by faith. That means what, what Jesus did was, what we could not do, he kept the Ten Commandments perfectly. He kept them perfect for you and I because he understood that we could not keep them perfectly. Because if you violate one, you're guilty of violating every one of them because the spirit behind the law is love. And without the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by his Holy Spirit, we can't love God and neither can we love our neighbor. Unless he's leading us and guiding. Unless he's helping us, unless he's assisting us to do so. So who is my neighbor? You already know. Every living member of the whole human race. Let's stop being so picky. Let's stop choosing our neighbors out. Matter of fact, you in here today, y'all having a barbecue wants to stop raining? Invite me. <laughs> I mean, if you love me. <laughs> no, nah, don't, don't do that yet, because I eat you out of house and home. Amen. So then, right now I'd like to ask our dear sister to come back up. If she's, yeah, that's she. And uh, as we go into response time, as our pastor would say, and of course, I, I use the term oftentimes, and of course, it responds to unbelievers as well as believers, but, you know, my terms often is an invitation to trust Jesus as personal Savior and Lord for those who have never place their faith and their trust in him as payment in full, his death, payment in full for our sins and his resurrection from the dead that declares us a right relationship with him. Also, those who are saved, those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have been a Christian maybe two or three days a week or even for years, I challenge us to show love and compassion to one another, to our neighbors. Matters not who they are. We believe that they are part of the human race and therefore they are our neighbors. 